0: Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Box, with me, Tim Box. And me, Britt Box. We talk about all things mental health, emotional well-being, and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. Now, we're not doctors, so don't confuse our advice as medical advice, and we do come at these subjects with a certain light-hearted approach, but please do not think we're trivialising them. We do take these things seriously, but we like to come at them from a slightly different perspective. Hence, Thinking Outside the Box. Okay, so we're on to episode six. Wow. Wow. Who'd have thought it (laughs) when we had that idea that we'd actually get to an episode six?
1: That I'd still be doing this. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm
0: quite proud of you for maintaining your attention span long enough to keep doing it. Thank you. (laughs) You've done well, actually. Um, Okay, so you're looking lovely today. Can I just say before Ah, we start? Thank
1: you very much. thought I'd throw that in Rocking my vintage 90s. Disneyland Paris Jumper.
0: Looking amazing. Yeah, Jumper. it is vintage 90s, isn't it? It is. But it's ease. got one of those scary Mickey Mouse yeah. uh, characters on the <laughs> I front. I like the
1: scary Mickey. He's fun. I
0: find it bizarre that in the 90s we thought that was cute.
1: Have you seen the um, the characters? like The uh, the heads of the characters that oh, people you... used to meet in Disneyland and stuff.
0: Yeah, the cast members walking around dressed as yeah things from our nightmares. Yeah, That's, yeah. they're not great. Don't <laughs> Google them. <laughs> it's proper scary as well. I can't mm. imagine... I mean, were kids just more, I don't know, more more prepared for those sorts of nightmarish visions when, when <laughs> in the 90s? Because I think it would have traumatized me to yes. see that sort of face coming at me. Um, I mean, obviously, the people listening to this can't see your jumper, so they've got no idea what's going on. Somebody did say to me the other day, actually, is this going to become a video podcast at some point?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely (laughs) (laughs) not. And that's because then you'd have to... Oh,
1: I don't want to do my hair and my makeup. I just, you know, leave me here with my hairbands and my baggy jumpers without being seen by other human beings. Exactly. I don't
0: want to have to do my makeup either, (laughs) let's face it. To be fair, even if we were going to, it would have to be after we have had contact with a hairdresser because I've got that rather sad... <laughs> He's you know, got a mullet
1: now, I've got the, like, the middle-aged
0: man flick at the back <laughs> of my hair that, that suggests it's time for a visit to the hairdresser.
1: I mean, we have gone massively off-tangent. Already? Straight we've got, off the game. Already? Straight yeah. off the game. We
0: haven't even said what this episode's about yet. <sighs> right.
1: That's on you, that is.
0: That's on me, right. Okay, so this episode is... Or we're calling it Wisdom from Our Parents. I think we're calling it that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah secondary least,
1: like. heading, good and bad. <laughs> yeah, some
0: some dodgy wisdom as well as some very yes. valuable uh, wisdom. But we, we had a talk the other day, didn't we? And we, we always say, I say we always say, we do find ourselves um, chatting. About things that our parents taught us when we were young, yes. we do that a lot so, yeah. and where it was kind of relevant to the topic that we' we cover here, we thought we'd uh we'd do an episode on it
1: you know something a little bit different than just talking completely about uh, one single mental health topic, but instead something that you know shapes us as we grow without even realizing it, and something that can you know feed into our our mental health from, from an early age, obviously what we get told from our parents.
0: Yeah, this is why I wanted to cover this because as we're talking about these things, I'm very aware that I talk about this to my clients all the time in terms of this is where we get our hang-ups, insecurities. We we form our map of reality based on what our parents demonstrate to us as we're growing up. It's almost like it's mostly non-verbal, a lot of it, in terms of the attitude that we adopt. Mm. So it's it's completely relevant to this topic in as much as if you're listening to this podcast and you might I don't know, be aware of certain emotional things that make you struggle, it's very probably come from parent times as in when you were very young and and they probably had similar thoughts going on or certainly demonstrated something that that caused this sort of idea to get lodged in there mm. that makes sense. so that's why we're doing this so we've we've actually made some notes on this one
1: I do you know what you normally always make the notes for the podcast and I just turn up and make jokes off of what you say and give my own experiences I've actually Listeners, I don't know if you can hear that, I have a notebook in front of me. I've
0: actually written some notes. This is well. This is the thing. I think it's. Uh, I didn't want I've, to
1: miss anything. I didn't want to miss any of the the random things that were said.
0: Yeah. Well, I've racked my brains as well, and actually, I did. I did enlist the help of my sister, Mandy. Um, who has a much better memory than me?
1: Who won't be listening to this, so we can say what we want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but she, so she, she just sent me over some things she remembers mm. that also not just my mum and dad. I'm going to be tapping into the wisdom of my nan and granddad as well. Yes. Yeah. I think you are as well, aren't you? Yes.
1: My mum and my nan uh, were the, the the two women that raised me. It's no surprise really that I was raised by by strong women. I think.
0: I think yes, you. Well, there you are. a Very obvious product. Apparently. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. My granddad was there, but you know, he was there. Yeah. Bless him. He was just yeah. there. Um, so it was, yeah. It was my mum, mum, and my nan that were uh, responsible for for who I am today.
0: Amazing. Well, so. good job, mum and nan. Dinner. Should be very proud. <laughs> um, but so this is the. So I want to just contextualise this a little bit first, because when we're talking about how how our parents' ideas shape us. Um, I'm also, you know, we also want to talk about how it's not necessarily deliberate, because I know if you're a parent, you probably think, well, I would like my children to be raised with these values, and we probably try and instill those values in them. But there's also things that we're not necessarily in control of our kids picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of stories that that are kind of, um, that I use to illustrate this, yeah. So, When I was younger, I I was fortunate enough, I lived with mum and dad, they're they're still together now, um, and that was my upbringing. I kind of had a, a single older sister, so it was very much the sort of, you know, married with two kids sort of thing going on. She's um, only how
1: many years? There's only two years between you and Andy, isn't there? That's it, yeah. yeah. So,
0: so you're you quite, quite similar close? in age. Yeah, we we kind of, I feel like we had a very standard, like if you were writing a sitcom, it would be like <laughs> a very a very based sort of you 2. Know, 4 stable. 2.4 children. Exactly, right. yeah, the stable family environment. But I remember going over to my friend's house to have uh, you know a play date, tea with my friend after <laughs> school. And his, um, his parents would split up. And his mum lived, he lived with his mum and he would see his dad at weekends, things like that. And I remember saying to him, "Don't you find it weird that your dad doesn't live with you?" And he said to me, "I find it weird that your dad does <laughs> because he'd only ever known yeah. that sort of setup because his parents split up before he could really remember."
1: You well, know? I had a similar thing. I knew obviously uh, I was raised by my, my single mum, um, but mm. I I knew other kids had mums and dads and had that. But what I found weird was that none of you lived with your grandparents. (laughs) So I lived with my grandparents and we basically, you know, I say we looked after them, I'm using air quotes here, because when I think back, and I think, oh, my nan and granddad were like, you know, oh, little old nan and granddad in their little old nan and granddad. They were like in their 60s. Like, I know, <laughs> but thinking you, about it now, but yeah. you just, but they were, you know, because they say, don't they, that the generations are getting younger and younger because, you know, your parents are in yeah. their mid to late 70s. And when I met your dad, he was on a roof, you know, and he's, yeah. it's very much sort of,
0: I should stress... He He wasn't about to jump off. Yeah, he was doing some work on the roof rather than having an existential crisis, yeah.
1: But but do you know what I mean? Like, your your parents do so much more Mm. than my grandparents did when they were younger than your parents in the 90s. Yeah, my, my dad
0: is like like in the in the second half of his 70s if we've got something to do around the house I'm still thinking oh I might get dad to do that yeah <laughs> because it, it is generally quite a sprightly old chap isn't and he?
1: cheaper than getting someone in absolutely
0: <laughs> <laughs> marginally you
1: know? but yeah so so I always I always found it weird that when people are oh you know over the summer we're gonna go stay with our grandparents for the week or something and I'd be mm. like what
0: yeah yeah that's exactly that was what we I'd did find, yeah I'd, I'd find it odd school holidays we had a week with nan and granddad yeah,
1: yeah. no didn't, mm-hmm. can't relate
0: but the other I I had a brilliant one the other day in terms of you know we're a blank page when we're born and we have our map of reality drawn onto that blank page based on our living situation and uh, one of the ladies on my training last weekend she had when I told the story about my friend and his Mm. divorced parents she had a brilliant story her parents share the same birthday
1: what like the same day of the the year the same day of
0: the year yeah (laughs) and she grew up thinking married people had the same <gasps> birthday so
1: when you got married and you changed your surname you had to change your birthday yeah as, well. as if
0: like you had to agree on okay what's going to be our official birthday well then? I
1: tell you what ours would not be your birthday
0: what December the 15th
1: absolutely not
0: you're yeah, too close to Christmas absolutely
1: year, yeah. not we'd, but, we'd take mine
0: surely that's another example though so Christmas time in our house my birthday's the 15th my dad's is the 17th my sister's is the 22nd it's Everything. Quite literally an abomination. That's yeah. awful. It's, it's awful. It's a busy time for my mum, let's face it. And then your um, poor
1: mum, whose birthday is in June yeah. with me. Just oh, I'll celebrate on my own then. Well,
0: this is the thing. I, I've always seen Christmas as this big sort of cacophony of celebrations that all happen around the same time, and also birthday and Christmas presents would very often get sort of merged into one. Yeah? If my
1: mum gave me a joint birthday and Christmas present, I'd call childlike.
0: <laughs> but your birthday is in the, smack bang in the middle of the year. It's,
1: my half birthday is uh, Christmas Day.
0: <laughs> your half birthday that's what it's known as isn't it in this house is yeah, it nearly my half, birth. half birthday. Yeah, yeah my half
1: birthday is Christmas is Christmas day every exactly every six months you have to buy me presents I know
0: I, well don't worry I have a I have a whole page on my phone that is prepping for, for the six monthly uh gift fest that is <laughs> fest. Yeah. it's
1: I I do find it funny the things that we grow up with that we think are normal yeah um yeah. you know there's as I say you know growing up with just my mum, so my, my dad wasn't around, uh, like, at all. So it wasn't even as if, like, mm. I saw him at weekends or I saw him sort of every so often. He, pff, gone, disappeared, not here. Um, but I know people who who had divorced parents who, you know, every other weekend would yeah. go sit in a sad cafe with their dad every now and then, you know. It would kind of be that, like, go get a fry up. You know, it was very much. It was it, it much...
0: like the scene from the Santa Claus. Yes. Where they... <laughs>
1: but instead of a Denny's, it's a Windpiece. piece. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wimpy's—they're still around, aren't they? I'm I not. Sure. I think
1: they've had a resurgence.
0: Yeah, because I, I remember. About. Yeah, Wimpy was—it was, it was it used to be Wimpy. Sorry, we're going off track here. I'm gonna—I nearly went into the Wimpy versus McDonald's uh, competition of when I was always chatting.
1: McDonald's, not a competition. Anyway, <laughs> we should actually get onto the. Should we start the podcast? I think we. Shall should we? Yeah, we're start... ten minutes
0: in. All <laughs> we've done is chat rubbish. Um, okay, so we're gonna. Um, we're going to do a deep dive into this. We're yes. going to start with. So, do we want to like take turns in terms of little stories of things that our parents taught us?
1: Yeah, you you go with you go with the first few, and then I'll and then I'll All jump right. in.
0: All right. So my my one. <laughs> we
1: have notes. We haven't planned it out that far though.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're roughly speaking. Yeah. Um. So my first one, uh, something my mum taught me, and I I talk. I've got this in the forefront of my mind because I do a lot of work with people to help them with their sleep, and one of the best stories that I was told that helped me with my sleep because I used to struggle with sleep when I was younger, and. My mum gave me the best advice anyone can ever give anyone about getting to sleep. She said, go back to bed, think about something nice, you'll be asleep before you know it. Now that might seem like oversimplified advice, mm. but now I understand how sleep works. So when it gets dark, we produce melatonin, which puts us to sleep. Yes. The only thing that counteracts melatonin is cortisol, which yes. is the stress hormone. So a lot of the time we're awake well all the time if we're awake when we should be asleep it's because we're doing something that in some way stresses our system Mm. so worrying about stuff or being angry that we're not asleep that's a common one that's my one that's your one isn't it yeah um or
1: angry
0: angry that the person next to us is snoring also my one also a common (laughs) one yeah i feel we're getting into our relationship a bit too much here but
1: (laughs) i find it interesting that your mum gave the sleep advice when (laughs) <laughs> Your mum does stay up worrying. Well, this is
0: a classic example of my do mum as I say, and, not as I do. Exactly, not wanting me to go down those roads. Because yeah. now I find out, mum is a classic lays awake at night worrying person. Yes, but what she was really saying, which she didn't realise, was if you have if you engage in some thoughts that will not create any cortisol, <laughs> so they're just. But, you know, this is probably not what she literally like You're meant. paraphrasing that. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing that. Then the melatonin in your system will do its job. And I've always operated on that principle ever since. Yeah. And it's only later on that I find out, well, what I was really doing was deliberately guiding my mind to stop producing a stress response. Yeah. Um. And honestly, it's just, I always think about that. And so I, mm. I have things that I will think about now that I know in no way will stress me. Mm. And there'll be Pleasant thoughts. So some some people might choose to go to a happy place in their mind or something like that. Um, or some people sometimes even just planning for something fun that you're going to do can be good as long as. You're not that organising person who's now going to worry about how you're going to manifest that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I said to you before, think about going to Disneyland, but then you're more concerned with then the spreadsheets come out. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then we need to know where we're eating. We need to know our fast passes. Like you can't just drop in. It
0: becomes a whole organisational nightmare in the middle of the night. Exactly. But so that's yeah, that's my mum's top tip for me was was how to get to sleep.
1: That's a nice one. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I can give you one of mine. Would you like something useful or something useless?
0: Well. That's a real. Oh, I don't. I feel like one more would suggest itself to you now.
1: Okay, well, let's go. With, let's go with something useless.
0: This is, uh, this, <laughs> were-
1: this is no offence to my my dearly departed grandmother, who um, I have mentioned her in the podcast before. But uh, my nan, who passed away many years ago now, she was a little force of nature. She was a small Italian lady who spoke with a very very thick um, Naples accent. Uh, could barely understand a word she was saying, and it's really funny because. It's only in, in recent years when I've seen clips of Gino DeCampo, I'm like, oh, that's what my nan sounds like. And then I looked it up and Gino DeCampo is from the same place as my nan. Amazing. So it's the exact. So basically, if you've heard Gino DeCampo speak, you've, you've heard my nan speak. Aww. Um so I listen to Gino DeCampo sometimes just when I miss my nan.
0: Oh, and um, that's not, Maybe if anyone knows Gino DeCampo, Campos, listening to the podcast. You yes. could get him to dress up as an old lady and just record a message yeah, for you.
1: Yeah, with, with would that be really creepy and horrible and send me down a dark path?
0: Let's not do yeah, that. Yeah, maybe that was a bad idea. Um,
1: so my nan was full of useless information. <laughs> and I say this lovingly. But for example, I just have a couple listed down here that I'm going to give you two of. Um, and Then we can come back to this. But one of the things was, And I'm sure she wasn't alone. I've heard other people say that their nans had given them this advice. But this this wasn't so much advice. This was something she said so regularly, I was scared it would actually happen. Right. Always, Tim, always wear clean pants in case you get hit by a bus. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's... That's an old one. I feel like, yeah, yeah I feel we all had that relative but that had that
1: advice. For did we all have that relative that said it so frequently <laughs> that I was terrified of walking down the street next to a bus? Amazing. I thought today is my day. <laughs> this is it.
0: So it's more like a prophecy than, <laughs> Yeah. A, a sort of be careful.
1: Yeah, I mean, touch wood, I haven't been hit by a bus, so hopefully, but I will be wearing clean pants if it happens. So. Nice. Um, and then the second one, which I think is slightly more specific to my grandmother, never have less... <laughs> never have less than one kilogram of pasta in the cupboard
0: (laughs) straight from italy with some pasta advice
1: if you went down if she went down for less than one kilo of pasta oh my christ it was panic stations it was quick get granddad to go to sainsbury's it was honestly it was Mm. i mean pasta for some people may have been um you know something they had every now and then maybe a, yeah. an awful english rendition of spag bowl
0: weekly spag bowl yeah
1: weekly spag bowl not in my house um so nan did all of the cooking and she was uh, she was very very italian and i say that there is as, as if there's levels of italian there is she was she was a star italian yeah. um we had some type of italian pasta pizza bread anything mm. every single day Every single day. And it was only when I hit the age of maybe 11 that I went round a friend's house for dinner that I first discovered a fish finger. (laughs) I'd never seen it before in my life because, as I say, Nan did all the cooking. Grandad was also... Grandad had a very thick Irish accent, very sort of cork. And I could never understand. How on earth did those two converse
0: then? Yeah. My nan
1: used to throw a shoe at him every so often. That was the thing is they loved each other. They really, really loved each other. and That's another thing that, that I hadn't even written down actually because I hadn't even realised. But you've just made me think of that when you said non-verbal cues yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Was seeing just how much my nan and granddad loved each other. Oh,
0: that's lovely. That
1: kind and how much my granddad respected
0: mm-hmm. in brackets
1: feared <laughs> my nan. No, yeah. they he really did. He respected her and he yeah. he spoke well to her. You know, it was very so. I grew up thinking you know that that relationships like that mm. were were what I should be striving for and I kind of I guess I realized it I, I made it in my head that oh the reason my mum isn't with my dad is because it wasn't like this so right. I didn't see it as oh I come from a broken home therefore relationships will be yes with I saw it as I didn't even contemplate that I just I didn't even contemplate my mum's you know yeah. relationship with my dad I just saw my nan and granddad's relationship.
0: That's amazing. And I
1: thought, I want one like that. Yeah. And I have one. I just don't throw a shoe at you.
0: I was going to say that that might be... (laughs) (laughs) Would it be a deal breaker? Depends on the shoe, I suppose. Um, (laughs) But yeah,
1: never have less than one kilogram of dry pasta in, which is funny because my nan made fresh pasta
0: a lot as well. Oh. This was like a backup pasta. Would it be fair to say, pasta every day, were they quite, I don't know, maybe large portions of pasta that were served up? Are you saying saying this because
1: I was a fat kid and now a chubby adult?
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of saying this because... Uh, the pasta that you serve to us, it's quite an epic amount of pasta. Listen in box.
1: I serve Italian portions, all right?
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> Just,
1: sick, yeah. oh, and, and and feed, feed everybody, feed people while we're on the subject of pasta. Yes. Feed everyone. Like, well, I'll, I'll get off pasta in a minute, but I, I, never, I never will, but I'll get off <laughs> pasta for this particular podcast in a minute. But my mum once, my mum told me this, mm. she was young and she was walking through a park on the way home from school and my mum walked past a homeless guy
0: mm.
1: and the homeless guy asked my mum if, if she had any spare change, which she didn't because she was a kid, and it was like, what was it, the 60s? I don't know. Mm. Um, and my mum said, uh, I have no, I've not got anything, but if you come with me, my mum will feed you. <laughs> and so my mum walks this homeless guy back to, funnily enough, the house I then grew up in after we'd moved back from Canada, yeah. um, walks this homeless guy there, and my nan was like, what are you doing? Uh. And my mom was like, he said he was hungry, so my nan fed him, oh like had 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 pasta left over, obviously. Obviously, um, fed him pasta and then gave him some. I don't know in what. They didn't have Tupperware. I'm not sure. But the story, mm. like my mom told me, gave him some and then and then sent him on his way with some biscotti. I think some some Italian sort of wow. biscuits and everything. And then. <laughs> She did that, she did all that, and he left, and that was lovely. And then my nan apparently had a massive go at my mum, but A, talking to strangers and bringing a stranger home.
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but it's... she made sure he was fed. Do you think this is why you will very often, if you see someone who's homeless, um, like outside a, a supermarket, mm. you'll very often go and buy them a sandwich and bring it out to them?
1: Well... Thank you for telling people how good a human being I am. Um, but it's really funny. Well, I'll, I'll say this last one and then we can get mm. on to you because I've accidentally sort of steamrolled through most of mine. No. But I've got one written down here, which is hilarious that you should say that. This was my mum. And my mum's advice was if you see a reduced sandwich in a supermarket, you buy the reduced sandwich because you can put it in the fridge and it will last a couple of days. But if you don't want it today or tomorrow, go outside and give it to a homeless person. Oh wow! That was something my mum instilled oh, yeah. in me. It was mo- mostly about the reduced sandwich. Yeah, I yeah. think it was about the getting the bargain, <laughs> the, bargain the bargain sandwich. But wow. yeah, but she always said, "But if you if you don't want it, give it Lovely. give it to someone who needs it." Oh, I
0: love that I because
1: love that. we weren't. I was never rich. We never. We were never. Had never had an abundance of money. Mm. But I knew growing up that there were people who had less than us. Yes. Yeah. So if I can afford to help them, yeah. why wouldn't I? yeah you know so that's 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 one that was me so yeah a lot of these things are about food
0: (laughs) well well actually I've got one about food that you've just you've just sort of prompted that because I was going to come on to that later but I did I did as I say I asked Mandy my sister to send me over some one of the ones she sent over was that mum would always buy like the reduced yogurts (laughs) on the so yours was sandwiches ours was yogurts we we always had these (laughs) Weird, bizarre flavored set yogurts, like Yo
1: Magic Yogurt. It, well, it was
0: just you know those those ones that were not quite yogurts, but not I don't know they they were they were weird, and they also they were they were always I think lemony or something All like right. that, and where they were kind of on the turn. That's why they were they always had a slightly fizzy flavor to oh, them. Nice. So I think I feel like I may have consumed more slightly on the turn yogurts as a child than I should have. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, okay, so let's do it. Let's do another one, another one of mine then. Yeah. So hmm. um, okay, my dad. I, I could I could do a lot in terms of my dad's wisdom because he did teach us, you know, umpteen things because he was a very practical guy. Um, and I, you know, another thing that Mandy came back with was that he taught us to use tools and to actually fix things mm. and stuff like that. I think she picked up more of that than I did, if I'm honest. I still... I still, I still oh, yeah. Admit.
1: Mandy, your sister, who put up uh, like two sheds just for fun the, the other day. That's and, the thing. And, and I have to, you know literally annoy you for two months to put a shelf up and
0: Tim who can't quite get the shelf straight yeah exactly yeah this is this is the comparison there um but the thing that he taught me and this has been so valuable to me in my life he had um so he got into sales uh, in the sort of 80s time he was originally a plumber um and he was on the tools and then Mm. at some point a plumbing firm offered jobs to qualified plumbers to sell their pipe work around companies and Interesting. Like so to be you know that the the 80s was a big time for repping wasn't it for sales yes. reps yeah we yeah. watched
1: that one about the conservatories
0: exactly yeah. yeah so there was you would have fleets of people driving I don't know if you still have but driving around to different companies you know and, and that kind of thing hmm. um and so he got into sales via that path and so he did a lot of sort of sales training in the day. And this was just around the time that NLP, uh, so for those who don't know, Neuro Linguistic Programming, had just been kind of created Mm. uh, in America. And there was a lot of people learning Mindset and language patterns to help with their sales, and there was a lot of, of kind of positive attitude stuff going on. And my dad had a lot of this training, and so what he was learning, he would you know pass on to me in terms yeah. of when he'd had a he'd had a good uh, course that he felt oh there's a bit of wisdom I can pass down. And I remember he had a poem on his office wall, which I must have read, I mean thousands and thousands of times because you know me being in his office chatting with him or just sitting there doing something. Um, and I remember the last verse uh was life's battles don't always go to the faster or stronger man but sooner or later the one who wins is the one that believes he can
1: and i always i
0: always remember that poem and it was and that was originally where i learnt categorically without a shadow of a doubt that if i believe i can do something i can do it Hmm. um and and i think and i you know I, i sort of I owe him that because I think that's why I do what I do now. Well, you owe the printer of the poster that, at least. To be, yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> put only, the poster that's up? That's a good point. Yeah, who wrote that? I mean, I think it said on it anonymous. I don't think it was credited to somebody, but I'm sure you could find out who mm. wrote that poem and, and you could you could get a credit Plot on Plot twist.
1: That. It was your dad
0: oh don't <laughs> shivers <yeah. laughs> um, and he's here today Let me just... <laughs> um but so that was yeah and that was the thing I think that ultimately along with certain other learnings steered me down the path of you know overcoming my anxieties later on it was hmm. it was that sort of teaching where and I said this in the last in the last episode where we we're talking about my anxiety there was a bit of me that always believed I would overcome it hmm. and I think that is one of the reasons why I had that belief because I knew that it was in was with, within my control mm. to my, my outlook, you know, and then how I approach things. So that was that was a big one for me. I think mm, yeah.
1: that's good. That's good. Um, well, let's just have another useless one from my nan. Um, uh, this was less advice, more something that she did that I now do, and I don't know why I do it.
0: Right. Um,
1: so every New Year's Eve, mm. my nan would open the front door and the back door, oh. to let the old year out, and the new year in. And I would just like to point out, for those of you who maybe it slipped your mind, New Year's Eve is on the 31st of January, <laughs> and it's bloody cold. It's actually
0: on the 31st of December.
1: What did I say? In
0: January. <laughs> oh, <yes. It's...
1: laughs> what happened earlier? We went into we went into a coffee chain, didn't we? Also mm. known as uh, Starbucks. Mm. Other coffees are available. Hashtag um, not an ad. Not an ad. And the woman asked my name, and I... I froze didn't You'd I say,
0: yeah you weren't prepared for the question you <laughs> haven't prepared an answer <laughs> I think this is this is the effects of extended lockdown this is the effects clearly. of not seeing
1: another human being we we bumped into two of our friends um when we were picking something up and we you know we we, we chatted for about you know four or five minutes just standing outside and I, I remember thinking cool I've not I've not spoken <laughs> to another human being who isn't you yeah. For a really long time.
0: Yeah, having an enjoyable conversation was a bit taxing. <gasps> it, wasn't it was. It, oh, I, was like, I had
1: to come home and have a nap. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, whenever New Year's Eve is, it's cold. Yeah. So I would always just remember we'd sing "Old Lang Syne" and be freezing
0: because she say, would have to. Is this why it's cold a uh, New Year's <laughs> night every year? Then. Yeah, this, just to this... remind me. Brilliant. But
1: it would it would have to be for like the entirety of us singing "Old Lang Syne."
0: Mm.
1: Honestly, I don't even know. Amazing. The
0: Amazing. woman.
1: The woman was. Uh,
0: yeah. But I think, again, I, th- I think that I've heard of that tradition before, yeah. although I haven't met anyone who actually does it. <laughs>
1: Honestly, my nan was incredibly superstitious. Uh She, you know, she didn't, mm. she didn't walk, I, I was about to say she didn't walk under ladders. That's probably from a health and safety point of view. But no, she didn't, you know, she, she kind of avoided lots of things like that. Oh, it was always saluting to magpies and well, whatever. So you do that? I do, because I believe in the bird hierarchy. <laughs> I know that one of them is a general or something. Salute you, magpie. Hello, Mr. Magpie. As your wife and kids. Which is very assuming, but Right. Something yeah, something like that. You look you're looking at me like I'm mad.
0: Um, am I? Um, apologies for that. That's <laughs> it's involuntary. <laughs> if
1: you see this is true, this is the thing. If you if you see one magpie, yes. you have to salute him. Yeah. Um <laughs> okay, and yeah, say good morning, I'm... Mr. Magpie, how are your wife and children?
0: Is that part of Yes yeah,
1: <laughs> Someone okay. someone back me up here. Yeah. That is, that is. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, I think, um, actually, so superstition then, you could, you could argue then that any superstitions you have are because your nan was superstitious then, mm. yeah? So I've got, what have I got? I've got, um, oh, I've got one superstition that I have that isn't actually a result of what my parents told me, but you just literally made me think of it here. Um, did I mention this before in the podcast, that when I was younger and I went and stayed in the school holidays with nan and granddad for a week, and I, oh. had, I had a date block. Yeah. that I would, I would turn the date over every day. Yeah. And I turned it to the date that it would be when we returned. Yes. Um, thinking ahead, what a, what a clever kid I was. Um, and then <laughs> when I got back, our oh. rabbit had died.
1: Oh.
0: Flopsy, R-I-P. Of
1: course it was called Flopsy.
0: <laughs> it was it was Mandy's rabbit, really. Um, <laughs> I just named it. No, I'm joking. Um, but, and, and yeah, that oh. was... Um, and I remember... So I don't do that now. No. And I remember going to do the same thing when we went away for holiday the first time. And I was like, no, Tim. Don't do it. You know, you know, because when you disaster this, would this, you, you know it won't. Yes. Or certainly not because I turned the date block over to a yes. different day. But there's a little bit of me like, no, let's not tempt fate. Why would we do that? You know? <laughs> but, um, okay, anyway, so next one from me, though. Um, do you want a, a mum and dad thing or do you want a grandparents thing? Let's have a grandparents. Let's have a grandparents thing, thing just to mix it up a bit. Okay, so my granddad, who, oh, I love my granddad so much. Mm. Um, Was this granddad
1: on your... Which side? On my dad's
0: side, my dad's yeah, side. yeah. So, um, so I never knew granddad on mum's side.
1: Well, this is it as well. I only had nan and granddad.
0: Yeah, right. So you it didn't was, have.
1: I hadn't. I hadn't. I didn't have yeah. two sets of grandparents. Yeah. I literally had all I had. Talk about the smallest of families. I had my mum, mm. my nan, my granddad, yeah. and then my uncle for a very brief period before he also died. But that's another. That's another ridiculous story. So that's all I had. So for me, three members of family mm. plus myself. That was that was my family, and then yeah, I'd meet people. that ha- I remember my first was it my first boyfriend, my second boyfriend. I don't know I had a lot of boyfriends. I think it might have been my second one. I don't know. He had a very big family, and I remember mm. once going to his for Christmas, feeling massively overwhelmed because there was like twenty of them. I'm like, how That's are all these right, people you weren't related used to, to a you?
0: Huge Christmas, no. yeah, yeah. Not not the way, yeah. So um, well, so I had I had Nan on both sides, but yeah. I didn't know my. Gran- Funny enough, um, because her name is Box, yes, Nan Box. We just used to refer to her as Nan B. Okay. And everyone assumed there was a Nan A, <laughs> but there was actually a Nan T who was Thompson. Oh, but yeah, right. um, anyway, so my granddad, he taught me. Um, so when I asked Mandy about granddad, she said, I remember he always taught us to be happy no matter what, which I thought was great, which I don't, that's not what I remember, though he was always a very positive, happy person. Yeah. I remember he taught. He taught us it doesn't have to be perfect oh, right now it, it nice. wasn't I don't think it was deliberate but I, I figured it out because whenever he was doing any mechanics on his, like, his <laughs> bike or his car yeah. he'd take bits apart and then he put it back together again and he was notorious for this he always had bits left over right there was like screws and things and it was like shouldn't that go somewhere granddad and yeah, he's like yeah. it would be all right it seems to work okay and th- that attitude of probably I don't have to sweat the tiny little detail and it will still work out okay. Yeah,
1: then he gets it halfway down the road, and it just falls apart. Well,
0: this, to be fair, we had had a couple of times when his, his mechanic skills came into question. Brilliant. But it just, I don't know, that mm. attitude, I remember. Mm. I, I do have that attitude now, that I don't need to worry too much about the minutiae, and I think Granddad gave me that idea, Aww. because he had that sort of outlook on, on things, you know? That's
1: really nice.
0: Yeah, um, and, and to be fair, and I should say as well, while mentioning Granddad, my Nan B, I should say, she was absolute. Strong woman, Mm. like you were saying about your mum and your nan. Yes, she was the figure in my life, and everyone, funny enough, everyone in the neighborhood, dad told me this like years later, they would be terrified of my nan, really. Because she was, oh, I like that. She was that person on in the neighborhood who was like, You didn't mess with her. Oh, I like it very much. Yeah, so I think that was, and again, I don't think she she demonstrated, I know she deliberately gave us that no, idea, yeah. but, and because, you know, by the time I knew Minan, she was an old lady, really, yeah, but yeah. she was still the matriarch, you know, she was still very much yeah. running the show, and, yeah. Maybe I, this
1: is why you're not one of those guys who are intimidated by strong women.
0: Maybe, because a strong woman in my, my first strong woman was Minan, and mm. I loved her dearly, there so, you, it, you know, why would you be afraid of somebody that cares about you so much?
1: exactly, exactly. 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 Well then, um, talking of caring for you so much, we'll go back. So I've pretty much only got one kind of main one left that I want to talk about, um, which is which is my mum. Mm. And I think I've I've probably brought this up. I've probably said these things, but mm. my mum and I don't mean this in the way that everybody says this. Okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but my mum told me I could do anything, mm. and it wasn't just a a throwaway. Oh, you know, you can do oh you put your mind to it, you can do anything. You know, it wasn't that. Mm. It was something else. And you're smiling at me because you know you know the level to which I'm talking about oh, this. Oh yes, I've heard the know, stories, yes. There was my mum was so fierce. Honestly, if I am if I am a tenth oh God, I'm gonna cry. If I am a tenth of that woman, then I've I've done well in my life. But she honestly, she told me I could that I could do anything. That there was no limits, and she, I'll talk about why I think this is maybe really really good and also slightly detrimental in a minute. But mm. she taught me that there was there was no limits yeah. to anything anything I wanted to do, and yeah. that was kind of proven by what I was doing. You know, yeah. by the time I was ten, you know, I was uh, I had a scholarship to one of the top theater schools in the country um I was in and out of recording studios and tv studios Mm. you know by the time I was 11 12 I was performing on the west end Mm. like and so so to me there was very much and I know don't get me wrong as I say though we weren't rich we were not well off Mm. we were not middle class by any stretch of the imagination we were very much working class yeah but I know that in because of where I was born, because of who I had as parents, I, I do know that even though I've been through so much adversity and I've been to hell and back, I do know that just certain aspects of my life give me privilege mm-hmm. that maybe other people yes. didn't have. Yeah. But I, I I had that sort of feeling of, well, yeah, if you just if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. And that that line, if you just want if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. Like that has stayed with me. Yeah. All of my life. You know, I have people just I have people say just even the little things like the fact that I've got bright red hair. Mm. OK, I have had hair, every single hair color. I looked <laughs> this week back at old pictures of me with black hair, blonde hair, yeah. blue hair, like all of it. I've had every single hair color because I've just gone. I, well, I want it. So I'll do yeah. it. You know, and I have people say to me, you know, even in the supermarket and things like that. Oh, I'd love to have bright hair, but I'm just not brave enough. Yeah. And my brain. Cannot compute that.
0: Yeah, cannot doesn't.
1: understand that. It doesn't go past the filter of I want to do that, but I can't. Mm, yeah, I've yeah. never understood it. Yeah, you know, for the same reason that you know I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a what what uh, society would sadly call a plus size woman. Mm. I just see it as that I'm a woman. But there you mm. go. <laughs> and and I wear swimsuits and I wear shorts yeah. and I people say, oh, I'd love to. I'm not brave enough. I'm like brave. Mm. What's brave got to do with any of it? So yeah. I think just the you know I wear this because I want to wear them
0: I, I think this is it and I've I've I recognized this very early on when I met you mm. not just that you you had well like you say you you wouldn't call it brave you wouldn't call it courage no. but you had the courage to be you mm. what I would have called it but also you just when you decided on something you do it there's there's no <laughs> interim period so me I'm like I've had an idea I'll think about that. A bit. <laughs> I'll have a cup of tea, and I'll, I'll, I'll run it by some people. We'll have a discussion. Maybe I'll think about the, the potential pitfalls. Maybe then, at some point, definitely in the next year or so, I might do it. You know, and you're like, oh, I've done it. By the way, you know, that sort of thing. I find out about it when it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and I I just I think that's what one of the things I really love about you because mm. you inspire me <laughs> to just get on with stuff. You know, and, yeah, I, and, do, I do
1: find myself saying to you sometimes, stop thinking about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, just yeah. do it. I'm so good at planning.
1: <laughs> but what I will say is, I'm not reckless, mm, and I'm not, no. and I don't make stupid decisions. I mean, I have to make some stupid decisions, but I don't, I don't go out to make stupid decisions, and I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not dangerous in the things I do. I'm not, yeah. You know, I'm not selfish in the things I do. When I say, "Oh, I just want to do that," I'll do it. I don't mean, you know, like stealing a kid's ice cream cone or something. Even though that might be fun. No, <laughs> um, I don't. I don't mean that sort of thing. I don't mean, oh, you know, I want to do that, but it, I shouldn't, so I will. It's not that. It's no. more that. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't do a thing I wanted to do if it was available to me.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah.
1: I take part.
0: That's that's the, that's the key thing is that you take part. I think that was that's the thing that I love about you. You get involved and yeah and, and I and when you talk about your mum, I absolutely recognize that's where it came from mm. because she never gave you any idea there were any boundaries or limits. No. And and it's like everything that other people could have you can have that yeah. in that sense and and i, I think that's uh... there was
1: nothing the only thing holding me back was me mm. but it wasn't even that like it wasn't it was just there's nothing holding you back full stop yeah it was that so oh, i've mentioned this before but um obviously i used to be a singer when i was younger and yeah. there are probably things that uh, you could google but you'll never find them haha <laughs> um <laughs> but one of the things i did i went on this morning which is a, a, a british tv show um in the mornings, actually, funny enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I went on it. Oh, this is how old I am. I went on it when it was hosted by um, Richard Madley, Ooh, cool. Richard Madeley? Madley, mm. Madley, Madley. Mm-hmm. And um, who was it?
0: Judy Finnegan. Judy Finnegan. Oh, Richard and Judy. Richard
1: and Judy. That was it. So so I went on it at that time, and we went on it for various reasons. But it was me and my mum talking about my singing and how my mum, <laughs> mm-hmm. how my mum was like my manager and stuff. And oh, yeah. it's so cringe. What I'm talking about now, but the point of the story is. Richard Madeley said to my mum, "Um, you're very supportive of your daughter. You're very sort of, you know, he borderline called her pushy, I think. But he was like, you're very supportive. And she was like, yes, absolutely, she can do anything. And he said, and I will never, ever forget this line. He said, okay, but, you know, you're you're very proud that your daughter is a singer. But what if she wanted to be a tennis player? What if she wanted to be a violinist, right? Mm. Without missing a beat, my mum said, well, then she'd play Wimbledon. She'd play the Sydney Opera House. Mm. There was no there was no sort of midway point it was no she can she can go all the way she yeah. can, and I think but now here's what I do want to say is why while I think that's brilliant mm. into the sense where I will wear what I want I will do what I want I will be who I want you know I, yeah. and I have I'm not arrogant but yeah. I do think I'm confident yeah and you know I do get people saying well how are you so confident and mm. I'm like well how, how are you not like i, I, I just yeah, yeah. my brain can't comprehend it yeah but i am also equally an introvert with social anxiety who doesn't like talking to people so that you know there's, there's swings around about mm. um and it's great that i have that and i'm very very grateful to my mum for instilling that in me however <laughs> however sadly as we know my mum died when i was 16 mm. i was still a kid when my mum died I was still a kid who as much as I was wanted to believe I was an adult I was still a kid who was still trying to do the right thing by my mum yeah still trying to impress her still trying to get her to tell me I'd done a good job still trying to I also hadn't seen that my mum was a flawed human being right she was my mum she was on a pedestal she was and you know I know some teenagers have different relationships with their parents my mum was was like a goddess to me she was Mm. just perfect yeah and it's only since she's died and as i've got older and as i've sort of you know looked in because here's the problem because it was just me and my mum there's no one i can ask Mm. we had this conversation yesterday because i want to know more about my canadian heritage but there's no one i can talk to there's no no one i can speak to so it's only been stuff i've learned about my mum so she died at a real pivotal point in my upbringing where i couldn't see well, anything she'd said or done is wrong if that makes sense yeah. so the problem is is that her dying young obviously whilst it gave me a whole host of other things you know depression separation anxiety all this sort of thing mm. it also gave me so much pressure yeah. to succeed yeah which is why now i don't do things for the sake of doing them yeah. you know i started i started baking oh look mm. i've you know somehow become you know I've I've created this baking website that people use my recipes all over the world and stuff like that you know I'll do I'll start a little thing Mm. and it will just snowball because I I struggle to do things for the sake of doing them and I think Mm. I think that comes from the pressure of my mum telling me that the sky's the limit
0: I think yeah this is the thing most people in terms of our happiness we recognize that our long term happiness comes from having a slightly greater purpose to what we're doing rather than just indulging in our stress relieving activities. Uh, our meaningful happiness comes from having a greater purpose. I think what your mum, the downside of what your mum did for you with your confidence, is that your mind, I've seen this. To, for you to engage in something it has to have a great purpose yeah. like it has to it has to yeah. be potentially now we're going to create something world beating and, and epic <laughs> and something that will change people's perception of this or that you know yeah and it can't just be I want to do this for me there has to be some kind of yeah great purpose behind it
1: but how do you I mean this is You know, there are many, many reasons that I don't wish to become a mum and have children of my own. Mm -hmm. And just just one of them Mm. is the, well, how do you give them enough confidence without making them feel like they're the chosen one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is Is that another Star Wars reference we've got there?
1: Oh, I was going Harry Potter.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah but oh.
1: you know, she thinks you're the chosen. I am the chosen one, you
0: know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. That sort of thing. But well, I was going to say, you know, your your mum does take on this kind of Obi Wan figure type for you. That is kind of. Is she more Qui Gon? she's more Qui Gon. More Qui for the yeah, <laughs> us, but maybe yeah, because I'm Anakin. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At any moment, <laughs> to turn to the dark side. <laughs>
1: There, I sense no conflict in you,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but so yeah, but this is the thing I think you, you know, you really hit the nail on the head there, and I think it's good that you recognize this Mm. because the number of times, perhaps that's a nice time here to come on to the next thing that we want to talk about, really, Mm. which is our parents, and, and not, I was going to say the damage they can do, but, <laughs> but here's the thing, even the yeah. best parents in the world yes. are inevitably going to pass on some of their stuff, yes. their, their sort of limitations or their beliefs, yeah. And it happens. Not on purpose. No, We're exactly. Not, it yeah. happens without us really, really realizing. I always say this to people. The, the best parents in the world are going to pass down some bad stuff and also mm. the worst parents in the world also do some good yeah if you're still here talking to me and you're alive you know yeah. so they put they fulfilled that part of the task yeah you know? and and I think you know so I'll, I'll see people come to see me and they'll have certain I don't know fears or phobias mm. you know so they might be afraid of I don't know, let's just say spiders or something like that or they might deal with a high amount of anxiety on a daily basis yeah, yeah? and They'll come to me and they'll say, "Well, I've got kids now. I don't want to pass this down to them because most of us these days recognise mm. that we are we're learning machines, yeah. especially at, at that early age. So they don't want to pass down their own insecurities to their kids.
1: Other reasons why people like you know stop smoking when they have kids, not just because they don't want to smoke around the kids, but they yeah. don't want the kids to see them smoking.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's that do as do as I say, not as I do thing. Yeah, yeah. and and so it's it's funny how we spend our whole lives avoiding the things mm. so people say to me you must deal with a lot of phobias as a hypnotherapist i like, you know what less than you would think mm. because people put their energies into avoiding the things they're afraid of <laughs> yeah. rather than putting their energy into sorting them out so they don't have to avoid them anymore yeah. the only time they come and see me is when they're concerned that other people their offspring yeah. are going to have to do the same thing and avoid this stuff for the rest of their life so it's um it's interesting how it happens there's I, I had a very a very, a very sort of interesting bit of learning that I got from a client that I saw when um, it was one of the few clients that actually came to see me saying I want to work on my self esteem. Huh. Normally people say I want more confidence yeah, or I, yeah. I want to have less anxiety, but she actually said, no, it's my self esteem that's the issue. And when I, I sort of got chatting with her, it turns out she's like got two degrees and she was the, the regional manager of her company and looked like getting promoted to national manager. You know, she was a real high achiever, yeah, yeah. somebody that, that didn't, didn't struggle, so to speak. Um, and it was purely as we were chatting that she said, oh, by the way, my mum's interested in coming to do your training. And I said, oh, does she want to be a hypnotherapist then? And she said, no, but she just likes doing trainings and learning <laughs> And I said, "That's that's interesting." He said, "Yeah, well, what's happened was," she said, "When she was a child, she failed one of her exams. I don't know if it was like the eleven plus or something that mm. decided whether you went to grammar school or." Not, oh, I think
1: know. it is the eleven plus. Yeah, and, and I don't know was, if they
0: still do it. I don't. I think that's yeah, old money again. I think that is. But anyway, <laughs> and she'd she'd missed out on getting further education because she failed an exam, basically. Right. And so now she's always doing higher education. She can't stop learning because she loves it Almost so much. Like you know?
1: Proving a, proving a point to her younger self.
0: Well, exactly. Yeah, but the. And she said, but what's happened here? She said, my mum, if I came back from school with like 96% in a test, her mum would straight away be like, OK, where did you lose that 4% then?
1: Oh, wow. And it
0: wasn't because she didn't think the daughter was being good enough. It was because she didn't want a daughter missing out on the opportunities that she missed out on. Right. So in her attempts to give her child everything that she'd missed out on, yeah. she had inadvertently installed the belief that she'll never be good enough because only perfection is acceptable. yeah, And that's why she had low self-esteem. Yeah, Even though you could argue it was that attitude that drove her on to do some great things and become that high achiever, yeah. you could also argue the reason she wasn't happy is because nothing will ever be good enough. Mm. You know? And it's amazing how we get these beliefs installed inadvertently mm. without our parents even trying to, a lot of the time.
1: And you know if the parents, because if my mum was alive today, obviously mm. God knows how my life would have turned out, but if mm. my mum was alive today, and I had said to her, by the way, when you were taking me to auditions and when you were doing this and when you're doing that, that actually put a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. She'd be horrified. She'd be, so, yeah, she'd be really exactly. upset because that's not, that's not what no, they exactly. want. Not yeah. what they, you know.
0: See, I, I see a lot of people who, with regard to exams, they'll say, okay, my, my child is now suffering anxiety about the exams coming up. Mm. And I'm like, well, yeah." 'cause it's important. It would be weird if they weren't anxious about them, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. My I I again, another great thing that my my parents did for me, and they both were extremely congruent with this message. When it came to exam time, they were said, look, tell you what, Tim do your best. It doesn't matter how you do. Just do your best, and we can't ask for any more, can we? No. And, and they kind of they deliberately try to lift the pressure off me. That's nice. And and I think in a lot of cases, it's it's those little things.
1: I, th- I think my mom didn't. My mom was very. I had, had a very apathetic attitude to my exams because, as far as she was concerned, that singing was going to be my. Yeah, exactly. She was, yeah, well, okay. She was anyway, like, you yeah. can't learn singing in a science exam, can you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's it. I think, you know, I, honestly, I, the exams, I think, were important for my mum and dad. They really yeah. wanted me to go to university. They wanted me to, to get an education and that sort of thing. But they, they did a really good job of making me believe that just doing my best was fine. I didn't need to oh, do anything more. That's you
1: know? lovely, that yeah. is.
0: But I'll tell you something as well that I want to mention here. Before we, we move on from wisdom from our parents, both our parents um, installed this in us, because I know we've said this before, my mum and dad never raised their voices to each other. They didn't argue like that. They did. They bickered. They had disagreements. I mean, they, have, they seem to bicker a lot these days. I've got to be honest, but <laughs> but they don't raise their voices at each other. We we weren't brought up in a war zone.
1: No. Me and Mandy. And, no,
0: and I know that. Um, you know, I see some other families that we know, and and we realize, well, there's a lot of shouting going on in the house, and mm. kids are growing up thinking that's the norm. Yes, you know, it's like when people say marriage is a is a real, it's hard work. It's you a slog. To, yeah, and it's like. I mean, don't get me wrong. Marriage is, you know, you have to be mindful of each other's feelings, but yeah. I don't think it should be hard work. I think no. if yeah, if we're always shouting at no. each other, that would be hard work, wouldn't it? It'd
1: be exhausting. Yeah, but no, I don't. My nan and granddad, because obviously all I had was my nan and granddad, because my mum, mm. my mum stayed single for, uh, yeah. for for the rest of the time. But um, but my, yeah, my nan and granddad didn't didn't argue with each other. Like again, they bickered. They yeah. kind of like you know, but they'd been together for 147 years, so mm. it had been a long time. Um. Yeah. But uh, but no, there was and there was never there was never any shouting. My mum never shouted at me. Mm. That doesn't mean to say my mum didn't, you know, tell me when I messed up, but she would do it quietly, Ooh. and it was scarier,
0: <laughs> slightly in a sinister fashion. Yeah, it
1: would very be very much like, mm. can you stop doing that? please? And it would be like,
0: so she kind of had like an Emperor Palpatine sort of approach. A little bit.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, it would be. She would also do that thing where she would just say, "Stop showing off," and I'd oh. be like. Oh, I'm not, I'm all
0: right. I used to hate it when my mum said that. Stop showing off. Yeah. It was like, I couldn't understand the criticism. Yeah. Like, so you're saying I'm misbehaving, and that's somehow showing off, is it? Well, that,
1: just just that attitude alone there. Yeah, that's, that was, that it, was there, it. Wasn't it. But do the, uh, the, you know what? The last thing I want to say before we sort of come yeah. to the come to the end, um, but the last thing I want to say, my mum said to me um, always hold your head up high. She had a massive thing about if you were walking down the street or if you were, you know, if you were going anywhere, you you kept your head up. Yeah. You did not put your head down. You did not stare at the ground because you were higher than that, basically. Yeah. And it was very much, it was very much hold your head high. I can remember, you know, there was my mum had a bit of a an altercation with a neighbor, shall we say? Yeah. Um. And um. And she just the way she walked away from it was very much like the words can't touch her. Yeah. And I and I and I learned that. And now, you know, I used to do it I used to do it when I was a kid and I do it now. If I'm walking down the street and, you know, there are a bunch of youths on the the side (laughs) of the pavement or or there's people, you know, or if I feel like I'm in I'm in a situation that I'm not completely comfortable in, anything Mm. like that, you will always see me hold my head up high when Mm. I am walking because I don't I don't look down at the floor and shuffle. Like that Mm. just I don't know. And that's one that has stuck with me yeah. as well, to always maintain yourself with, you know, some level of some level of dignity. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. So, you know, adopting the posture yes. of, of somebody that that will not be a victim to the people around them. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: My mum, my mum used to say, if you um, if you were confident enough about something, no one would question you she, I wasn't, t- I wasn't going to tell this story, but I will just, very, I know I know we're sort of, you know, coming no, to no, our usual I time. I want
0: you to tell this story. You don't, you don't know what story I'm going to tell? I think I do. Go on. <laughs> at
1: the TV studio? Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so as I say, we used to go up to TV studios a lot, um, but there was one week, I think we'd got the week wrong. I don't know. It was the wrong time. Anyway, we ended up, we were up at the BBC um, TV studios and I watched my mum do a straight up Jedi mind trick. <laughs> on somebody because we were walking toward this now this goes to show how long ago this was because this would not happen today in 2021 right but um my mum walked up to the barrier and she's she's got a phone to her ear i was like mum we don't have our passes like it's the wrong day she was like walk behind me and shut up i was like okay so we're walking toward this barrier and my mum's just got her mobile phone out and she's holding her phone up and she's like and she's like yeah no, no, I'm on my way. I'm on my way there now. And as we got close to the thing, she looked at this kid who was manning this this barrier, and she just kind of looked at him, looked at the barrier, and kind of did this hand wavy shuffle thing as if to say, "Open the gate." She was like, "No, I'm there now. I'm just waiting for them to let me through." And she would, she just stared at him, and he kind of like flustered, and like just and just opened the gate Amazing. and just opened the gate, and and then that was it. And then we went and sat in the BBC canteen, and 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 wow. it was just.
0: Yeah, that's like proper Mission Impossible stuff.
1: Oh, it was amazing. My mum, as I say, my mum was terrifying and lovable in in very equal measure. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yeah, it was just it, it was amazing. So yeah, my mum very much said if you do something with enough confidence, yeah, you won't get questioned. You know, love it. I think, which is kind of that. like a fake it till you make it. <laughs> it kind of
0: is, isn't it? An early version. An early version. Yeah, the nineties. Uh, I've version,
1: enjoyed yeah. talking about these things.
0: Yeah, me too. I feel like as well. I don't even feel like we've done we've done something justice. That no, that we could talk a lot more about it. But I'm aware that we're starting to get to our our time limit in terms of where we want to go with this podcast. We don't want it to be yeah. like you know, we don't want the hours
1: and hours right? Yeah,
0: exactly. But um, so okay, let's have a final thought then. Yes. Okay. Um, the the reason we did this podcast is we started out was because we recognize that it's our parents that shape a lot of our attitude to life. Mm -hmm. Now, the stuff that I see every day is people trying to shake off certain aspects of that and not be restricted by the restrictions that our parents had. And I tend to think of it this way. Most people on the planet, if you said to them, do you agree with everything that your parents say? I think about 99.9% of people say, oh God, no, yeah, <laughs> because we've all got, we've all had that experience of our parents saying something that we would regard as embarrassing or old-fashioned or probably Inappropriate. Just inappropriate, yeah, that sort of thing. All those hang-ups, those restrictions, those insecurities, maybe we can just put them in that category of things that we disagree with our parents on mm-hmm. and maybe let ourselves start again, choose the things that they've told us that we like and that yeah. we want to hold on to and then reject the things that we know they just don't need to apply to us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's really nice. Oh, thank Aww.
0: you. Thank you very much for chatting with me.
1: Maybe we can send this episode to your, uh, your mum and dad.
0: Maybe. No, they'll still say it appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's an interesting thing, and this might be actually the best thing to end on. I was talking to my sister about this stuff. She said, you know what? In my mid 20s, I left mum and dad a note on their pillow. Um, it was just a letter that she wrote to them saying thank you for no. the way they raised me. Oh. And I thought, oh. I wish I'd have thought of that. Yeah, (laughs) I wish
1: I could have done that.
0: Yeah, I know. I never got. I never
1: got to the point where I saw my mum as just a normal human being. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think I still have that pressure to uh, to do good, to do well.
0: Maybe, maybe that's a little exercise you can do, whether whether they're around or not. You know. Mm. Um, But what
1: I wanted to just to leave everyone with was that I really truly believe what my mum said when she said, "You can do anything." Yeah, you can. Because I. There is nothing holding you back except you. I was talking, um, I was talking on my Instagram stories recently about how I've gone back to university, mm. and I had someone message me saying, "I'd love to go back to university. I never got to finish my degree. I'd love to go finish my degree, but I think I'm too old now." Mm. And and absolutely not. You know, there's people on my course who are in their sixties and seventies. It's yeah. it's you are you are never too old to start something new. Or dream a new dream.
0: Yeah, or create the big thing that you were here to create as well. Exactly. Absolutely.
1: Well, while you're doing that, if you have time, give this podcast a little review.
0: That'd oh
1: that'd be yeah. lovely <laughs> if you're listening if you're listening somewhere where you can uh, you can give a little review that'd be lovely we are on episode six now um we have so many more episodes coming so many more things that we uh, are looking forward to talking to you guys about and i just wanted to say a very quick thank you to everyone who's listening to this podcast who's sharing it with their friends who's posting it on social media yes it's so so lovely. We really really love to see it, um, and we're just so grateful that you guys are listening to it and that you are getting something positive from it.
0: Thank you so much. It means everything to us that people are actually listening to it, and also you know letting us know how much they're enjoying it as well.
1: Yes, and you can let us know uh, on social media. On Instagram, you can find me at Britt Marie Box, and you can find Tim at,
0: at Tim Box Mind Coach.
1: Pause there, just to I check. Did, I, <laughs> I mean,
0: did you see the look of panic on my face? I've got to remember my Instagram <laughs> uh, channel again. Yes,
1: a uh, Tim Box Mind Coach uh, is Tim. So you can tag us in things obviously tim has a youtube channel as well yeah which
0: is also Tim Box mind coach
1: so come let us know you're listening come let us know what you think of it uh yeah we'd be we'd be really really appreciative so thank you again for listening we really hope you've enjoyed this episode i've really enjoyed talking about it i i was worried i'd get a bit emotional talking about um oh, about my no. mum because i mostly do you but did very so. well thanks so remember guys you can do anything that you put your mind to, uh, we always struggle with how we're going to end the podcast. I've, I've like. got
0: mine sorted. Go on. Oh. Oh, and I, I now. You may have noticed. I now say, keep thinking outside the box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <Bye-bye>. Bye. <laughs>